You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is the Classic Auto Mall Podcast. Broadcast from the studios inside the Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Yes, the Classic Auto Mall is a real mall. Just one hour west of Philadelphia at Pennsylvania Turnpike Exit 298. Featuring nearly 1,000 classic, vintage, and barn find vehicles for sale under one climate-controlled roof. Now, here's your host, Classic Auto Mall President and the man with all the toys, Stuart Howden. Thanks to the Pat Travers Band for our theme song and music. If you haven't seen them in concert, go see them. They're fantastic. Also, go see Kansas because they're our buddies, too. Yeah, I was, you know, I was just, uh, I have a loaner car. Right. And it's got satellite because in 2024, apparently that comes with the car. Right. And I'm listening to Classic Rewind oh, yeah, channel. And yeah. it is, I mean, Kansas, Boston, yeah. Foreigner. Ugh. Yeah, Classic Rewind is one. And then there's Classic Vinyl, which is the records. And then there's The Bridge, which is the vanilla version of that that we listen to here at the mall. That's right. And the reason we listen to it is because it's, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to bleep anything out. Right. There's no curse words mm-hmm. or any. You know, weird references to anything. It's not hard rock. It's not hard rock. It's not Ozzy. Broad appeal. Yeah, it's not Ozzy Osbourne. So, (laughs) but I know that everybody that works here probably collectively rolls their eyes because they're a lot of them are younger than me, and that's not what they listen to. (laughs) Tough. When you can have your own mall, then you can listen to whatever. That's right. It's my bus. I found one that's the next channel. I forget the name of it now, but I'll let you know. Okay, we can test it. And Deep Tracks is good, but uh, it's so obscure. There is some stuff that even I, as a band that I would have listened to, go, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Before, so anyway, uh, thanks again to the Pat Travers Band, and uh, don't forget uh, to keep in touch with us new to, or to get our newsletter, which I just sent yesterday. We've got almost forty thousand email wow. addresses that subscribe to our newsletter, mm-hmm. which is a lot, and we get about a fifty percent open rate, which is even more a lot, and uh, and so it's pretty cool, and I think that. Um, as we continue to grow, uh, be it the podcast or other outlets and things that we do and YouTube and Spotify and gosh, we're just everywhere. Aren't we're, we? we're everywhere. We're covering the globe. We're Apple Podcasts. We're Spotify. Just for our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Plus Alexa, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Podchaser, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Google Assistant, and then there's some ones that are ones i guess we want to be on that we're not on. no we are they just don't they, they're kind of they're not a, a, a big enough to have color logos yet okay. <laughs> we're not wasting the ink on that yeah, right. you print Black out my, and white little logos. Sheet, my little cheat sheet here but uh so and, you, and, you and guys for, will grow up one day we're forgetting the most important one too is classicautomall.com you can link right to it in sure. here there but sure you know of course a lot of people like to have their certain systems and uh, by the way, I, I do have some specs for you if you'd like to hear them. I like specs. Um, with, this is the um, most listened to app for our podcast so far. Mm-hmm. Um, iHeartRadio is wow. number one. Amazon Echo, then a web browser, right. Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Mm. And the categories where it's listened to most, mobile, then smart speaker, then computer, and the ever-popular Unknown. Unknown. Mm. Well, I, um, what was I getting ready to say? Oh, uh, I, on our, on our uh, email blast, our open rate on the device is 19%. No, excuse me. Yeah. 19% mobile. 
mm-hmm. and 81% desktop. Wow. Which tells you the age of our clientele because if they were, if he skewed a little younger, then it would be the exact opposite. It would probably. be the, um, the opposite. Or at least 70 30 um, mobile versus desktop. So, yeah. Now this one also lists the one, the one that I got the list from says the iPhone is the number one listener, listen to of this newer venture that has more podcast uh, outlets right, right. than the Amazon smart speaker, Apple computer, Android phone, and then again, unknown. And I also know our top three shows. Oh, well, what's number one? Let me see. Let me guess. Well, let's, let's, you want, let's go with three. We'll make it to keep right. the suspense. Okay. Oh, you mean we, we work backwards? Number three. Yeah. Number three. Number three. Brrr. Um, that would be Ray Evernham. No. Oh, all right. Um, Steve? It is a three-way tie. <laughs> three-way for third place? Yep. Uh, oh, wow. Wait, I know this. Uh, Obi O'Brien. Yep, that's one. Yeah, who was uh, the producer for Bon Jovi on most of Bon Jovi's hits. He was on our show. Steve Magnante. No. Ooh, sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. Um, man, I don't know. Just tell us. David Madeira. Yeah. And, and, uh, Tucker AACA oh. Museum. Yeah. And then number two. Yeah. Is Steve Mayante. Yeah. And number one is Rocky H. Jr. Rock H. Jr. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Good to wow. know. Wow. So now that we've bored you with all our insider stats, how about where do we sell cars to? Well, we'll tell week? you what to I'm playing to the camera a little bit today because we're live on YouTube. Hey, guys. So thanks, thanks, anybody's thanks anybody's for... watching or watching later on because it records it and anybody yeah. can watch it. You can watch it anytime you want. So where did we sell where cars? Where did we sell week? cars? So I have an idea of some of them. Go ahead. Cresco, Pennsylvania. Warminster, Pennsylvania. Churchton, Maryland. Malta, New York. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Houston. Houston, Texas, Freedens, Pennsylvania, Lebanon, Virginia, Hattin, Kuwait, Rye, New York, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Donaldsonville, Louisiana, New Holland, Pennsylvania, Poland, just the whole country. Wow. We, we don't know the exact right. city yet. Somewhere in Poland. Uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, San Andreas, California, Grafton, Ohio, Rossville, Georgia, Liano, Texas, State College, Pennsylvania, Lodi, California, Penfling, Germany, and the Czech or Czech <laughs> Republic. Wow. Yeah, so. A lot of out of country cars. Yeah. Do you know if the one at San Andreas is going to have extra insurance on it? That yeah. sounds like it's on the <laughs> fault line there. Yes, it could be, it could have a fault or two. So anyway, that's where we sold cars this past week. We have been so busy. I, I am, I am shocked to say this number that I'm getting ready to say. Oh. 1,004. Really? Consignments in the building. <laughs> which is a goal that we've been trying to get to for six years. And we would have gotten there sooner had it not been for COVID. Uh, but COVID kind of slowed our momentum down significantly. But the good news is when COVID hit, we had a lot of inventory. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we were able to survive and still be here because otherwise we would have just had to close up shop. As you go move forward with the auctions, uh, do you see in- increasing the number of, of lots in in the auction? Given, given the inventory right now? Yeah, I mean, ask me that today. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 200. Yeah, 200 wouldn't be out of the realm. And 200 is a good day's auction. <clears throat> but from a an operational standpoint and from a enjoyment, fan enjoyment standpoint, well, we're not trying, we're not trying to create a five day event where everybody's whole life is, you know, from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m., this auction, auction, auction mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is have one fun event. Yeah. And. Then out the herd a little bit, sell some cars and, and, you know, learn some lessons, uh, every one that we do, because even though I've done hundreds of these, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter. It's still different here. It's different vibe. It's different place, feel, touch, look, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, 
factors into what does and does not happen. So, um, yeah, today I'd have an auction for 400 cars, all no reserve. <laughs> and I'll take my right. luck. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get to what you wanted for your car, but it's not here anymore. We, <laughs> we cleared out of space. It, we made it go away. Um, no, uh, yeah, because a thousand cars is probably about where we, we don't want any more than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying stop bringing your car. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Keep bringing your car because we're always selling. We're always terminating. We're always having cars that go out and get fixed. Lots of reasons that cars will come and go. So we're not saying don't bring your car. But but where we are right now with a 1,000 is probably about the comfort level. Uh, we had 1,200 cars in here. I'd probably require four or five more staff members. There's a there's a, a false plateau, if you will, that we're close to. Mm-hmm. We don't know when we're going to hit it or where it is, where all of a sudden we realize that we don't have enough staff to do everything that we need to do. Sure. And that's one of those things that you cannot really predict ahead of time, especially in a volatile market like the classic car business. I mean, you look at the overseas buyers right now. The reason we have so many overseas buyers is probably because the dollar's weak. And I, I don't even know that to be fact because I haven't really thought much about it because I've been so doggone busy mm-hmm. that I haven't had a chance to really, you know, look at it and test it and say, oh, that's, that's, that's why we are. But generally speaking, when the sales pick up on overseas buyers, it means the dollar's a little weaker than it mm-hmm. means. Or, you know, maybe just a thousand cars. It's, you know, you got how many seven and a half billion people in this world? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, selling, you know, a hundred cars a month is not really knocking the cover off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I, I think that probably what's happening is, is we go through cycles of getting more consignments versus more sales. And, and we're just in that cycle. And especially in October, because of the, all the shows that we've done, Hershey, Carlisle, uh, uh, Radner, um, Audrain up in uh, Newport, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and then just recently Chattanooga, uh, is our goal when we do these shows is to increase consignments. That's what we're out doing is trying to get more inventory. I always tell the guys, I said, don't worry about the sales. The sales will happen. Mm-hmm. Never lose focus on the consignments because if we lose focus on consignments and we're not getting consignments, then all of a sudden we're going to be sitting here with 700 cars, mm-hmm. and that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> For my ego to say, you know, uh, uh. <laughs> only 700 in the building. <laughs> I try to I try to keep a straight face when I meet strangers out you know, mm-hmm. at different events and stuff. And, well, how many cars you got in your uh, on your lot? And I'm like uh, nine hundred and eighty. And they're like, what? <laughs> they picture a parking lot. Yeah, they're thinking <laughs> of, you know a Walmart supercenter parking yeah. lot, but that's not what it is. It is it, actually it, a building. It's even more incredible that they're inside. They're all yeah, they're, they're all, all inside. inside. Well, there's a handful that are out. Yeah, there's, there's a handful of projects. <laughs> yeah, cars. But with winter coming, that's a good thing to know because you can come anytime and you know take your coat off and walk around and love them. Absolutely. I mean, the beauty of of our place is is that you don't have to be outdoors to enjoy them. And yes. The heat is not going to be at a toasty 70 in here, but it's going to be a hell of a lot warmer than it is outside. So no wind chill and yeah, no wind chill and no slush and none of that. So leave your coat on if you're a little chilly and same in the summer. You know, it may not be 69 degrees in here, but it's going to be cooler than it is outside. And again, wear short sleeves and shirts and you'll be just fine. And we have pockets of cool and hot, kind of like the swimming hole. You know, you'll come to a one area and then it's like, wow, it's warmer here than it was anywhere else in the building. But you know, it's a lot of square footage to keep cool and hot the bathrooms so. are super warm yeah which is you i really, like you get cold you hop into the urinal go into the i, the, I remember <laughs> wow. we went to the, the army navy game in uh at the link 
the Lincoln Financial School, uh-huh. for those of you who don't live in this part of the world. Uh, and we saw the Army-Navy game, and it was snowing and like 10 below, and the only place it was warm was the bathroom, <laughs> and people were crammed in the bathroom, <laughs> even eating lunch in the bathroom. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was lovely. But uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, so a 1,000 cars in inventory, and um, it just keeps growing. And again, October is generally our busiest month for consignments. Our record uh, amount of consignments in one month was 135, and that was in October of last year. Okay. And halfway through this month, we were at 80. So wow. um seems to me that we'll probably get to that number. 1,004 is the highest number of cars at any one, yeah. one time. Yeah. yeah, at any one time. On consignment. Now, if you take in the factor of my partner's barn finds mm-hmm. when we had about 400 mm-hmm. of those and we had maybe 550 consignments, then in the building we you know had close to 1,000. But this is the most consignments we've ever had. So go to our website, classicautomall.com, and uh, look at inventory, and you'll see – Probably forty pages of uh, of inventory, Easily, current yeah, inventory. Yeah. and it's everything. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's it's every price point, everything that you can imagine. And also understand too, for those of you listening that have consigned with us as of late, uh, we're a little behind in in getting cars up on the website, and and we always tell people to um, you know manage their expectations that hey, it ain't going to be on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, when we return, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, new inventory and uh, some other things going on here at Classic Automall. See you in a couple of minutes. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in the Classic Auto Mall world in Morgantown, Classic Auto Mall, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. yeah. No, you didn't. You didn't because it didn't get a rise out of it until I asked. I'm still trying to process what you just said. Oh. <laughs> and, and off air. And we yeah. love the name. We need to go slow and explain Classic it. Auto Mall. That's right. It is a class. It's a mall. Full of classic autos. You didn't realize we were getting a director, did you? <laughs> I worked at the Voice of America, and they have a shortwave channel called Special English. Yeah. And it was designed for people in foreign countries that right. were learning English. Right. And the man spoke just With like this. A pause. Classic <laughs> auto mall. I told you my radio story when I was doing the radio stuff, and I would say W. 
Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they said, that ain't how you say uh, it, Val. That's said, my pet peeve. W. W I M Z. That was the radio station I worked for. Like of Detroit. W W W W. What about Detroit? Detroit. You, you can say Detroit, like Mel Tillis wrote a song called Detroit City. Well, I used to do top of the hour at WBSB Balmer. Balmer. Because yeah, that's, that. like, that's how that. locals say it. Yeah, that's Or Baltimore. Baltimore. Now you can watch yourself broadcasting on the recording while going live. Wow. That's you freaky. talk about tech. He's huh? the guy. Am I start, holding I'm a, an earphone to a microphone? <laughs> yeah, this is so tech. If you can see this, Steve is actually holding the headset to the microphone because we don't quite have the technology to do something or other. Right. 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 <laughs> we don't, we're, we're missing a cable. I believe, uh, that's it. Or, a wire. No, we're, the problem is we've used up all our cable holes. And now we have to buy a whole new cable hole machine to put more stuff in. So, you know, guys, money is no object. So just, you know, keep on buying and doing whatever and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So, uh, just stream finished. You know, I can hear you, uh, JR, by the way. Oh. <laughs> so while you're talking all your technical stuff, I'm just going to keep doing the show out here. Don't mind me, guys. I'm just here doing the show. So new inventory this week. Oh, man. Or not this week. I'd say recent new inventory because it probably didn't come in this week. Probably came in a couple of weeks ago. 2019 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Moab 4x4. Bright white clear coat over black. This thing is so cool. These Jeeps and their special editions and special iterations, if you will, are really cool. And they're coming up with some fantastic ones. There's a Willys uh, version, the Moab version that we're talking about here. Uh, there's all kinds of different Jeep versions out there. And I don't know what they all mean, but this one has uh, 34,000 actual miles, uh, $40,000 in upgrades on this Jeep Wrangler. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this thing, these things are pretty cool. And they apparently, according to friends of mine who own these, Drive much nicer than you really? expect. They, you know, you expect a Jeep to drive just a hair rough. Just, yeah, yeah. Just a smidgen. You know, right. it is a Wrangler. It is an off-road machine. And you expect them to kind of run a little rough, but, but these things don't. So this thing's got all of these unbelievable, uh, upgrades. It was sold new to an NFL player. I don't know which hmm, one. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, the sticker price was 53,000 new and another 40 in upgrades. And, uh, it's got, you know, Five uh, uh, 20-inch hardline tires or, or hardline wheels mm. and the Nitto tires and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And it will do – It will. I think it will go anywhere. I think it will climb up the side of this building. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking for something that's uh, fun, off-roady, but also you could use as a daily driver and it wouldn't beat you to death, then these things seem like they're the – they're like the best of both worlds. Yeah, but you could spend a fortune fixing them up and, and modding them. I, I tried to consign one that was uh, for sale around my neighborhood. He, he had he had about $30,000 into it on right. top of the purchase price. Mm-hmm. And and uh, anyway. You get one of those Jeep catalogs, you can go you know nuts. So yeah, right. Exactly. Chrome this or you know stainless that or whatever. But um, We got uh, Quadratech near us yeah. and Jeff Daniels' uh, Jeep. So we have a few uh, few places right here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So if you if you buy any Jeeps from us or, or Jeep-type vehicles, then you have a place to take them. Or you can get them. Yep. <clears throat> I think I have um, a frog in my throat. Or COVID. I'm not sure. <laughs> One or the other. Um, another oh, <laughs> uh, another uh, interesting off-road vehicle recently consigned here. Mm-hmm. It was the 1965 Myers-Manx 1 dune buggy. These things are, you know, you see dune buggies, and sometimes they are 
amateurish and cobbled together and just a little Volkswagen engine in the back mm-hmm. and whatever. These Myers Manx dune buggies were really built differently. You can just tell the minute you walk up to this thing and, and look at it, you see uh, that there's a complete difference between this and any other ones you've ever seen before. Um, it's a metallic orange over white. Uh, it's got a certificate COA cer- certificate of authenticity. Uh, it's a numbered. It's got the numbered badge on it uh, the, as they did, signed by Bruce Myers, the 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 Godfather of the fiberglass mm-hmm. dune buggies. Uh, hundred or sixteen hundred forty one cc Volkswagen engine, two tops, Sidewinder exhaust. So this little thing is so cool. But but Bruce Myers started out. He was. In the sailboat construction industry, in 64, he completed his first dune buggy and uh, in Southern California, and uh, it was you know, instantly a hit. And, of course, you know, he started building more and more and more, and then other people started copying him, as they always do, those copiers. And, uh, and, and they were, you know, got into a, a price war, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, he, he thought maybe this isn't as profitable as I thought it was going to be because we're... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Do we need to, you know, is there something we <laughs> I need to know? Did I really rattle you with that news? Oh, right. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Myers Max Dune Buggy, uh, don't be, pre- or be prepared to be a little shocked at the sticker price, but that's what they bring. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is, you know, somewhere in close to six figure world. It, and uh, it's what all the other ones were based on. All the replicas yeah, were based yeah, on. It's kind of like a real a, Cobra versus a, a fake Cobra. Exactly. Although the, the spread isn't quite as <laughs> right, drastic right. as it is from That's one true. to the other. Um, but, uh, but I think that, um, it's really come, become popular in later years. And of course there's, Places in California where you can take dune buggies and four-wheelers and out on the sand dunes, although I know that there's been some ups and downs on that, and they've been trying to force them out of there. The environmentalists have said they didn't mm. want them riding in those areas. But I think that uh, the c- c- calmer heads prevailed, yeah, and they still allow them to do it, although if anybody knows differently, let me know. But uh, I would hate to see that go away because that looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I, was, I just featured, uh, we have a 28 Ford Roadster that's built specifically for the race of gentlemen at, uh, at Ocean City. Ocean City, which yeah. races on the, beach, on the beach, which is sand, just not sand dunes. Right, right. Uh, I guess it could be sand It just dunes. reminded me of that. Yeah, dune buggy, D- sand. Dune, sand. <laughs> beach. Nice beach. Yeah, right. yeah salty, uh, you know, all those different And they things. do it, uh, oh, I guess, away from nesting season, so there's no birds on the beach at that oh, time. So. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. because you would not, or turtles. Or tur- yeah, I think it's more turtles than. I don't birds. know if we have turtles in Ocean City. We'll have to find that out again. Another answer, unanswered, answered, an asked and unanswered question. We have jellyfish. <laughs> yes, we do. And you know what you do is you get stung by a jellyfish. And yes, they do. you do. Ocean City, New Jersey, does. I saw signs about the, the watch out for the watch turtles. The turtles. Oh, really? Yeah. The nesters. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, other new inventory, 1967 Pontiac Firebird 400 mm-hmm, hardtop, mm-hmm. uh, burgundy over black. It's the WZ code 400 cubic inch V8. M20 Muncie manual, PHS documentation, uh, two build sheets, and the protecto plate, garage cap. And uh, it's actually, you know, two build sheets. That's kind of cool because there were mm-hmm. sometimes there was more than one build sheet for different areas of the car. And if maybe the, one guy was working in the interior and the other guy was putting stuff under the hood, you know, maybe one where he would be putting power steering or, or power brakes and the other guy might be putting an AM or an FM radio in. And so they might have had two mm. build sheets. But generally speaking, one of them got tossed in the trash. Generally speaking, sure. you didn't find both of them in sure. the car. When they stuffed them in anywhere, either under the, the, the wire mesh of the seat, uh, in the back of the seat, and the, under the back seat, uh, over the tank for Corvettes, mm-hmm. uh, up under mm-hmm. the dash in some cars. I mean, 
wherever they could stuck them out of the do way. Do they still do that? I mean, I don't. I mean, no, because it's all computerized. Yeah, right? but I think that there still are printed things that they have for cars. Uh, but they can't put it under the heated seats. Everything's no, heated seats now. <laughs> wires. Yeah, yeah. And wires. <clears throat> and there's wires everywhere. I told That's you for, that story. That uh-huh. There's lots of wires under there. That's Daddy. right. And uh, and so you, they can't put it there. And I guess there's not many places they could. There's not as much. Open real estate as there used to be on the old cars. I mean, if you think about it, under the hood of a car, you could put another engine in some mm-hmm. of those old cars that we have. Or a bigger engine. Or a, or a lot bigger engine, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that was probably the idea. Although I still don't understand houses that were built in the 60s and 70s have very narrow and skinny garages. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, but the cars were much bigger. So why are the garages... Why wouldn't the garages have been bigger than that? And I need to know that. I don't know. My van had a Corvair, and Mm -hmm. we barely got it in the garage. That is a great question. Yeah, it's an excellent. I have great questions. You do. I I would like to try to introduce a new segment to the show. We could try this out. Something that Jr. saw on the way to the powder room. (laughs) The powder room. Who calls it the powder room? The little boys' room? Just behind the studio here. Yes. 55 Chevy. Yes. Which I remember my dad had one, so I'm drawn to it. Right. So I look inside. This thing is tricked out for racing. Oh, yeah. That's it's a sitting on, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the uh, slicks, slicks in the back, and it's just, wow. Mm-hmm. It is impressive. Yeah, it really is. It, uh, it, it just came in a couple of, or a couple, three days ago, and it was really, really, really cool. We've gotten some really cool stuff in lately mm-hmm. and stuff that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, sometimes stuff is not even that unusual. It just, we've never had one for because we don't choose what we have. It, it chooses us or the consumer. Designer chooses us, and whatever they happen to have is what they bring. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, back to the um, the Pontiac uh, man. This thing is really cool, and and I love the fact it's a four hundred manual transmission because um, a lot of them didn't have the four hundred. That was the biggest motor in in sixty seven, and a lot of them didn't have the manual transmission. So uh, to find one with both is is really wonderful. Now. This next car is a really cool car. 1962, the year I was born, mm-hmm. Dodge Lancer GT hardtop, vermilion red over red, very rare model. You hardly see these at all. Uh, 225 cubic inch slant six, so it's it's not going to blister down the track any day, but it is one of the cooler looking cars we have in the building. It's oddball enough to be cool. It, yeah. It's unbelievably different. Yeah. I mean, and. God forbid somebody has to fix those panels because there's so many curves. I mean, they're, oh, perfe- yeah. they're perfect right now. Yeah. Saying, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't, they don't need fixing. Don't get into an accident <laughs> yeah. because it's so curvy and different. And it's just cra- I mean, I show everybody that car yeah. who walks in this place. Yeah, you have to. It's one of those, you know, must see. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we should just put it up there. Buy it, we should buy it ourselves, put it up front and never sell it. Because, <laughs> yeah. because most people have never seen one. And they didn't. There weren't many of them that were in red. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were more a pedestrian type. You know, and it's red right on red too, it's right? Red right on red, yeah, yeah. And they were more pedestrian mm-hmm. uh, than that, so they didn't necessarily have flashy colors. Uh, and they were they were just mostly, you know, uh, usually the second car for the family that uh, mom or or grandma would drive to the store and drive to the beauty salon. So mm-hmm. red, red wasn't a color that she right. would pick. 
And that's not being sexist or anything. It just is what it is. And, uh, and of course, they've got the push button automatic, and uh, the interior looks like new. I mean, the thing is just... It's perfect. I, and it's just so unusual, the, yeah. the shape of this car. Is just, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen one of these in person until we got one in. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, because we, as we were talking about, not every car has to be, you know, $100,000 or a million dollars or whatever to be interesting and, you know, unique mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So um, when you get a chance, go on the website and see that one. Know, www.classicautomall.com and uh, and if you if you're here in person it's in room 10 it is yeah so that's our cam 10 yeah, in the corner 10. one of the corner rooms one there. of the corner rooms once you get to the uh, the rotunda center court or the like. round under um, <laughs> then you'll know that you're there and then you just got to find room 10 and they're actually each of our rooms are marked they have numbered markings and when you kind of get the feel for it you'll understand mm-hmm. and then we can just tell you go to room 607 I still carry a map around because <laughs> it's not not exactly sequential well Kathy my wife still has a plant at the end of our hallway because all of our, our wings look exactly the same except the cars are different but the architecture is exactly the same and the hallways are the same that's right you should see people in the center court lost of where how do I get out of here again yeah. Anyway, when we return, we'll finish up with the rest of our new inventory and uh, talk about some other uh, exciting things at Classic Automall. We'll talk to you in a minute. See ya. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, Contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. What will Victor say next? Find out every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on the On Point with Victor show, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto I just cut that right to the perfect edge. We're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. You're a pro. I am, yeah, yeah. I am very professional. Um, what a beautiful day we're having today. Aha, uh-huh. if you're not having Uh-oh. a beautiful day today, then we are today. Uh-oh, you're, you're talking talking weather. So if you're in the future, it's it's 10, 18, 23. Yes. And it's a nice, beautiful, crisp fall day. Uh, show number 111. 111. Uh, yeah, in our studio. And we've we, we've changed our dates from uh, or our days of recording the show to uh, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., although we didn't even do that today. but uh, And then they'll still the first airing will still be America's Web Radio on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Eastern Standard Time, or Eastern Specific Time, or Eastern whatever they call it time. <laughs> and, uh, and so we are um, show number 111, and we've got some guests lined up that are going to be really cool. We'll talk about it in the last segment, but uh, some people that we've gotten... Verbal commitments from, which I guess are about as good as anything. I'm not going to put a contract in the guy's face that I run into at a show or an event and say, sign this right now if you're sure. coming to be here and be here on Saturday at two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
not going to do that. Guy, leave it open and did a little. A little open-ended. So uh, other new inventory, which I'm painfully slowly getting through all this. Uh, 1961 Ford Econoline E100 pickup. Caribbean turquoise or Caribbean turquoise and white over saddle. It's got the new paint, which in the two-tone aforementioned format. A new exhaust system, original interior. A strong 144 cubic inch inline six. Optional heater. Strong 144 cubic inch. That's almost an oxymoron, isn't it? Like a cold, hot day. It is. <laughs> so this thing, first generation, first year of production and introduction of the Econoline E100. Uh, and it's funny. These things have no front end. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, you're, they, right. you're riding on the front end. right there. Mm-hmm. You're right on the front end. And they had problems with these things tipping forward under hard braking. Uh-huh. Really? Is that true? Is that true? Yeah. Do, I just, well, do I lie up here? Do I just make up stuff as I go? Well, and they had that thing going with the Corvair ramp side, too. Yeah. Right? With, they were like dueling front cab, mm-hmm. tip over front trucks. Yeah. So they actually, 165-pound uh, weight was added in the back of the bed. So, I mean, it, it, it does look like that when you see it. You know, it looks like something that you can just feel it going forward. Like, whoa. And, uh, and that's what it did. Well, there's a famous one that they put the engine in the back and did, used to wheelies yeah, with it. Yeah, the little red express. Is that right? what it was called? Or something, little red. Little red wagon. Little red wagon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and no, it was the Dodge. Not to be confused with the, uh, the other red Dodge wagon from the 80s. Or the seventies, the Little Red Express or Express Truck, Express Truck. Yeah, that's yeah. from the eighties. Yeah. yeah, so that was uh, 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 they just kind of you know carried that forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a dealer in Chad's Ford that has one in the showroom. Oh yeah, probably been there forever, huh? They also had the ones that I liked back in the day were the Power Wagons. Oh yeah, those things were for sure. Cool. Yeah, with the, with the black wheels and the raised white letter tires and big beefy looking things. Yeah, we're in the same boat on that. Yeah, I, those were really really cool. You don't see those hardly at all, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised that people don't turn regular. Um, just Dodge D100 or something into those. I mean, you'd think that they would be a, a, a desirable market for those, especially considering what's happening with Broncos and, and sure, all and four by fours, all, any four by four in general. Although the market has gotten a little bit softer on those mm-hmm. than it was, it's not quite what it was. Although we sold some high dollar ones here recently, mm-hmm. and we have an International Harvester Scout 80, which is yeah, also which in that genre. Last, yeah, we Did talked we? about that last That's week. Right. So. <laughs> I can't keep it all straight. I can't either. I'm just having to get lucky on that. With, with a thousand four cars, it's hard to. People come in here and they go, "Hey, I heard you have a, a 63 impound." I'm like, uh, yeah, "Let me check my yeah, computer." Yeah, yeah. You got any red Thunderbirds? The guy asked me. I go, uh, "I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's always Probably. that's always a yes." Yeah, yeah. Red Thunderbirds. Yeah, always we always have red Thunderbirds, <laughs> and uh, we always have Thunderbirds. Period. That's so. true. Anyway, check out the Ford Econoline. It's cool. This is a cool little car yeah, and uh, it, truck and. It I'm would go nicely next to the uh, Lancer GT. Yep. Or the, uh, sure would. There's also uh, another car in that teal paint that would be be a good match for it. But it's a, it's really a really cute little yep. truck and, and kind of fun. And if you see it pull up at a car show, it's definitely catch your attention. And when you buy a truck, you want cute. Not really a truck. It's not a truck truck. No, it's not no. a haul and truck. It's like <laughs> you're going to the store, you're going to the store store. The store is like just a convenience uh-huh. store on the corner. The store store is the big old grocery Yeah, when you're riding in front of the front axle. <laughs> yeah. And it's like saying, is she gone or is she gone? Gone, gone. Gone, gone means she's coming back. Gone, <laughs> gone means she ain't never coming back. Yeah. So just so you have all that clear. Um, last but not least, uh, we have a new inventory, 67 uh, Chevy Camaro Z28, mountain green over black. This is a very unusual car if you haven't seen it. It's kind of a misty mountain hop, misty mm-hmm. mountain green. Beautiful. And uh, expertly restored 
numbers matching 302 cubic inch v, V8, numbers matching Muncie M21. Of course, 1967 was the first year for the Camaro, and hence first year for the Z28 as well, too. Uh, they only made 602 of them, so mm-hmm. uh, there weren't that many. Now, it's got an NCRS shipper report, which NCRS is normally Corvette stuff, mm-hmm. National Corvette Restorer Society. So that's something we'll have to look into and find out. Any listeners know that answer? Again, we're asking questions we don't know the answer to. Uh Send us a, a, a message at podcast at classicautomall.com, which I haven't gotten an email from there in almost three days. So okay, we need to ramp it up, people. Ramp it up, people. Come on. Podcast at classicautomall.com. Yeah. Send us something. So anyway, this Z28 was meant to race and um, was basically a purpose-built race car uh, to race in the SCCA class to the Trans Am series, if you will. And Trans Am, not to be confused with the Pontiac Trans Am. That's right. It was a series. And then Trans Am licensed, Pontiac licensed that name mm-hmm. from the series and paid them $50 a car. Is that right? I don't know. Something like that. I think it was a lot of cars. A car. we, I think I had this as a trivia question. There's a lot of cars named after races and we can right. do a whole segment on right. that. Well, and there's colors that are named after racing. Mm-hmm. Like my BMW that I had was Interlagos Blue, mm-hmm. which is a track in Brazil. Okay. Brazilian. And uh, anyway, this thing, the, this 67 Z28 is really, really well done and really uh, amazing collectible car. Um, you know, the small block 302, I think was, uh, they officially rated it at 290 horse, but, but from everything that I've ever read, it was closer to 375 because apparently 300, as we talked about, uh, last week, I think was the magic number. Mm-hmm. Like if you went over 300 horsepower, that changed the insurance and oh, everything else. Okay. So, uh, but you know, you know, people didn't realize, I, I, I don't think they advertised it that heavily. I mean, you, everybody heard of the Boss 302 Mustang, but you didn't hear of the 302 Z28. And even in Chevrolet brochures in the first gen, 67, 68, 69, which were the first body style of the, the Camaro, or the first years and mm-hmm. the first three years of the Camaro, you didn't even see the DZ302 Z8 uh, listed in the, in the specs, you know, where they had, like the Chevelles, they had like 14 engines you could get. You yeah. know, you could get this with this or this with a tri-power, mm-hmm. this with a four-barrel, and you get this. I mean, the engine choices were staggering. Mm-hmm. And, of course, had we all known better, you would have checked the Z01 or the all-aluminum L88 or whatever it was uh, engine because it was a lot more money. It was almost $500 more. And when a car was $2,200 to have a $500 engine upgrade, it was a little pricey. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, of course, to this day and age, it, nothing seems surprising anymore because everything is pricey. So, you know. That will be my soapbox of the day, so I promise I won't do any more. Anyway, check out the Z28, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those cars that, that the Z28 name kind of happenstance. It was actually an option, uh, you know, like RPO number, sure, sure. Z28, and then it just kind of caught on, huh. and then all of a sudden it was... Something to be known. So anyway, there's not right. Like Grand Nationals are WE2s, but that wouldn't be a very, very sexy. Would not wouldn't be a sexy name. No. And what about the BMW guys? You go. Well, it's an E36. Uh, okay. Yeah. What is that? Those, those all go over my head. I'm so confused with those and Porsches. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nine nine seven nine nine six. Oh and, boy. You know, if you if you don't know those nomenclature, then you know what do you know? And and there's a lot of cars that are like the Corvettes are like that. C1 through C8. Um, I know what the C1 is. I know what the C8 mm-hmm. is. Uh, I know what the C2 is. I know, well, I know a lot of them. So <laughs> I may not, I could get a little murky in the 70s, 80s car. Yeah. Like where the, I know 82 was the last year for that particular body style. And then they didn't come out with a car, Corvette in 83. 84 was the next year. So they actually skipped a year, uh, because of something, production woes or something along. It's the like, you know, we may host podcasts. 
about cars, but it's impossible to know everything about every car. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, the thing is, is we could research it ahead of time and we could know everything that we, or, or a podcast, a class, go to Montar. You know, a thousand cars is, is a lot to, I mean, people ask me about, sometimes you, you'll have a person come in to look at a car. They definitely know more than you mm-hmm. about the, first of all, opening the hoods on these cars sometimes <laughs> is you, you need to, you need to, you know, we, we should do a whole like uh, America's funniest home videos on guys trying to fumble mm-hmm. around, open up a hood. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because, because there's nothing worse than that. Then, then, you know, you're the car guy. That's right. You know, and then you go, they go, move over. Let me get it. <laughs> yeah. Let me get it. Amateur. Yeah. But that happens. I play so dumb. Often. I play dumb. Cause sometimes you, you just don't know where it is and, and they know where the gto you know yeah there's an extra latch under here there's a thing here there's some of them have two as mm-hmm. a safety latch some of them only have one some of them are inside the car some of them are that's right right directly some of them uh-huh. i can barely get my skinny mm-hmm. little fingers mm-hmm. in i can't imagine fat fingered. there's one i couldn't you know? there was no i texted justin i said where's the release on this he goes there isn't there isn't any you just reach <laughs> under there and push the hood up and i couldn't i don't know what he's talking about there's wheel wells and plastic everywhere you couldn't get up there isn't that funny though the mm. things the odd quirks of cars like with the, the vipers where the battery is located you literally have to take off the front r- yep. r- front right tire i think and to get to the battery yeah battery location's a whole another well thing. especially with corvettes mm-hmm. i mean putting them in the back seat mm-hmm. underneath that's so inconvenient oh, and the old the old cars yeah. Under the front seat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah or they had, uh, under the floorboard. Yeah, the Intrepids and Chryslers and things like that. You have to take off the, their left front wheel and yeah. take out the <laughs> fender uh, uh, shroud, Good and times. then it's yeah. in there. Yeah. What? 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 Brilliant engineer came up with that? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to find him and punch him right in the throat. That's why, unless like, he's a lot bigger than me. That's why I like this International is. Harvester <laughs> Scout eighty because it's so simple. It's a Tonka truck with a battery. It's yeah. So awesome. yeah, and it's right under the hood where it's supposed to be. You don't have to go fumbling around. Inline engine. We live literally have the sh- a sheet that goes with our consignment packet that's operating instructions. That's right. Where's the emergency shutoff? Where's this? Where Because people, and especially the hot rod guys, mm-hmm. they're clever. They'll mm-hmm. hide stuff everywhere. Right. You know, all of a sudden, you need to do this to hold this and do that, and then finally you can get to the hood release or the... Yeah. Trunk release or the door releases for that matter or the kill switch or the fuel pump or maybe there's, I mean, yeah. some of them look like war and peace. I mean, these guys are writing three pages yeah. of starting instructions and one page of description <laughs> or red four speed. It's true. It's <laughs> That's true. That's the total, total whole description. Counter that is tr- put key in, turn key. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing you, th- you think of too is when you're buying a car uh, from the guy uh, that has a classic car and you go out and just buy it. He's probably not going to tell you everything about it. And one of the things mm-hmm. I've noticed that we do here is we tell you all blemishes that are known. Yeah, we do. We, we've always, that's been our philosophy and our, our mantra, if success, you will. Success, really. And our success from day one. Um, we, uh, we're, we try our best to, to tell everything that we can to mm-hmm. And sometimes we get it wrong and, and, and we don't, we never hide. People think that you hide something on purpose. No, we hide it if we miss it. That would be the only reason that it would not right. be shown there because somehow we missed it or something from the time the car got here changed. So maybe there is a scratch on it that wasn't there. Maybe um, something doesn't work mechanically. And we talk about this all the time. When we t- let's take a car out of here, if there's a problem with it, we will call the consignor or the buyer right away and say, you know, hey, something's wrong. The trucker's here. He can't wait. What do you want to do? And if you want to load it, we'll figure out and, you know, make it right with mm-hmm. you and whatever. But there are things that happen in that cocoon running down the highway that you can't control. Of course. It just happens. Yep. 
And, you know, things come shake loose. And, and what we said last week or a couple of weeks ago is if you, if you have a car that goes down the road for 500 miles and you pull over, you go up and feel that shock absorber. It's burning up mm-hmm. because it has been going down mm-hmm. that road, bouncing along just as it were driving. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things that it's unfortunate that it happens, but things happen and there's not a lot we can always do about it. So, uh, when we return, we'll, you know, talk about more car stuff. I got a couple of interesting things to talk about. It's okay. an interesting possible future guest. That we're going to have. Excellent. We'll talk to you in a minute on the Classic Auto Mall podcast. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with The Classic Auto Mall Podcast. I think I say that every time, and, yeah, we're and we're back. The rest of the story. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have a, you gotta have a, uh, I, I need my, not my niche, my little, no, what's click. the word? You have to have a, a hook. A, a hook. <laughs> you have to have a, thank you. <laughs> one of those, that's from the music. One point. of those things that if you can see me now, yeah, hi yeah. to our YouTube yep, uh, they viewers, see you. they can see me, so they know what that means. <laughs> can have a hook. So can have a little hook. Paul Harvey was the rest of the story and, and yours is, uh, and, and we're back. And we're back. And we're really back. Um, so, and we have one viewer on the. No, that's me. <laughs> that's oh, me, great. but that's all right. It's on video for for perpetuity. And oh, there's uh, so you couldn't think of a hook, but you came up with perpetuity. One and this is only a test. We're working <laughs> that's on. That's right, it. and it's Wednesday afternoon. Who's who's? Uh, you should be working, not watching yeah, not, YouTube. Not watching YouTube, and if you are, you're. Yeah. <laughs> and you better not be working for me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about AMG a little while ago, and AMG was a high performance. Uh, tuning company separate of Mercedes Benz back in the day. And then it's on Robertson Boulevard in Beverly Hills. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I was there. I was there too. And also the Beverly Hills, uh, motoring club, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. merchandise. That's right. Stuff. That's right. And auto trend was in Century City. Did you ever go there? That in the basement down no. there? Remember that Century City, City Plaza? Plaza sure. Yeah. That had all kinds of stores. For I mean, sure. They had a, uh, a merchandise store that sold Ferrari and McLaren t-shirts and hats. How did and, I miss that? I don't know. Wow. I worked there actually. Did for you a really? Period of time. Uh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I I love that Century City Plaza. Yeah, Spent I a lot of time there. Couldn't afford the parking and the lunches, <laughs> but then the Playboy Club was in there too, wasn't yeah. it? Was it? I don't I know, but they had was. a, they had a cafeteria for a long time. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was Clifton's or what it yeah. was and, but a lot of fancy stores and yeah. it was a very nice outdoor uh, kind of yeah, vibe. These guys, and the guy had a, some Ferrari and it wasn't hmm. uh, more, it wasn't a valuable, valuable one. It was uh, late sixties. 
like a GTC four or something, or maybe seventies actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been seventies because this was eighty two, eighty three, and he had owned the car for about eight or nine, seven or eight mm-hmm. years probably. So, uh, but that was pretty cool to me that the guy had a Ferrari. Sure, you know, because there were no Ferraris in Knoxville, Tennessee. Where I <laughs> Zero. Ferraris. That's right. There was there was a Lamborghini Miura. Mm-hmm. My buddy Joey Smallman had uh, in Knoxville. In Knoxville, is that right? And he was like seventeen when he. Where got is it now? I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I should ask him what the VIN number is. You can find those things sure you pretty can. easily nowadays. So anyway, AMG was uh, Offrecht, Melcher, and Grossbach. Mm. And AMG. And the Grossbach was where they were from. Uh, the first guy, Offrecht's uh, birthplace. So AMG actually stands for something. And they're headquartered in Affalterbach, Germany. And they were bought by Mercedes-Benz or wholly owned by Mercedes-Benz since 2005 because all their customers were buying cars from Mercedes and taking them to AMG wow. to be customized. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, that's the dream, right? You start a tuner shop and, and then you're, you're bought, bought out by, you know, yeah. yeah how cool is that's that? That's awesome. So yeah, they, they, they planned that well. <laughs> so <laughs> well, they did good work too. And they yeah. did, remember they oh, used yeah. to do it with the big fins. And oh the, yeah. <laughs> I remember that like the mid eighties, uh, 500 SEL sedans that had the, the flares that's and right. the BBS wheels and the, spoiler yeah. and a bigger engine and then of course they came out with the hammer which was a, a 300 ce uh, mercedes that had a 6.2 liter v8 monster motor i remember that had little slats or vents on, uh-huh. on the front front fenders and were very cool it, it would do like 200 and something miles an hour and that most of them were for more show than mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. uh with the body kits and stuff and all and all the trim pieces like the 560 sec which was one of my favorite cars growing up it's the two-door coupe version of what i have now the cl50 55, uh, but the the 560 SECs had a body cladding uh, down along the lower trim that was different color than the body itself, mm-hmm. and then AMG and places like that would paint that to be uh, body colored, which looked way cooler. Right, but that was a stud car. Yeah, it yeah, it was really a stud car. And my CL55 is a stud car. It, it absolutely is. But I don't drive it very often. I took the <laughs> S65 to um, Chattanooga about a ten and a half, eleven hour road trip, and man, that car is a dream and a beast i mean Hmm. this guy in a c8 corvette came up behind me and he was just being rude (laughs) and then i got over finally and he got up beside me and he was just like messing with me and Mm -hmm. i was like and there was a nice open stretch Mm -hmm. somewhere in virginia and i was like wow that's risky and i nodded i know i just Mm -hmm. nodded and i hammered it Mm -hmm. and that thing he kept up for a little bit but that thing started my mercedes started pulling really yeah it was the c65 oh the s65 the c65 is a little Small okay. one, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a C- Again, back to nomenclature. Nomenclature. <laughs> the S65 is the S-Class Coupe, yes. which is what the CL55 was, but it wasn't called that. It had its own subname, mm-hmm. CL55, but it was actually an S-Class Coupe. Um, and that's what the, uh, the new ones have become, or, the, or they don't even make them anymore, I don't think. I think they've stopped producing them. But, uh, boy, this thing was great. And, of course, the sound of the exhaust in this car is the coolest sound you've ever seen. And when you start up under the porta cachet at uh, the hotel you're staying yeah. and there's a bunch of car guys around, right. everyone I'm like, whoop. Turn the head. Turn the head. For sure. If you could hear that, then I turn the head yeah. because of the way the sound went, got different. That's exactly what you heard. Well, that's, that's exactly what I did. That's the kind of attention I get in my lightning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Same thing. And then they see it's a truck and they go, yeah, oh, yeah well, it sounded cool. <laughs> and they say, is that a lightning? Is that lightning? N-I-N. Furred. Yeah, furred lightning. <laughs> you know, those are popular down in the South and uh, I uh, like those. Anyway, Chattanooga. Uh, an amazing, oh, one thing I forgot to mention before mm-hmm. I talk about Chattanooga. Joel Rosen, the father of Baldwin Motion Performance out of New York, 
uh, who modified a lot of Camaros and Corvettes back in the day, just passed away this past Did not know 83 that. years old. Wow. Or 83 years young, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing I saw today, which is crazy and scary, uh, Big Brother and government, mm-hmm. eBay is apparently being sued uh, over selling a bunch of that uh, They weren't selling them. People on eBay were selling emissions defeat devices. And they're saying that eBay could owe $1.9 billion. Really? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, it's a DOJ type thing. I don't I don't know all the details on hmm. it, but my goodness, you know. And it's one of those ones that they they fine you per incident, but the fine per incident is you know three, four, ten thousand, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And start doing the math on selling a bunch of those things. And of course, how eBay keeps up with everything on there to begin with, I don't know because how many items are on eBay at any given time. I and mean, we just look at the car side of it, but for sure, but or even car parts. It's got to be billions. It's right? got to be billions. Yeah. I mean, you figure that all the people that are eBayers and they make their whole living from there mm-hmm. and still do. Mm-hmm. And uh, eBay has not gone away. Uh, you know, so kind of wonder, is it still, you know, what it used to be? And probably in some cases it's not, but in other cases it's probably stronger than it's ever been, you know? Um, so anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's the side hustle for a lot of people too. Yeah, I will, uh, keep tabs on that. I'm curious to see how that all goes. So anyway, we were, um, uh, in, in Chatt- Chattanooga last weekend, um, October the 14th, 15th, mm-hmm. 16th of 2023. And of course they do a concours. They do a tour. They have a Mecham auction. They have the, the uh, vintage Grand Prix racing, uh, uh specialty, uh, parking lot type track but mm-hmm. it's got all the barricades and the and it's got all the the trappings of a real track it's not just cones set up in sure. a parking lot it's actually got you know uh hay bales mm-hmm. and and all the different things and the barriers and the barricades cool. and it's really cool and they and of course corky coker who was on our show uh, about a year ago or so uh is kind of the organizer of this event he and byron defore and uh corky brings out his pre-brass era mercers and and stutzes and what and they say? dress and they dress yeah in- and they dress in period. he's got these badass black uh, brown leather boots that come up to his knees right, and, right. and the, the leather goggles and he's got the you know he's got the look i if i I wore that stuff. I look like an idiot. He looks cool. He's got with the, with the hand, the handlebar mustache. Yeah, yeah. He's got the look. I'd look like a goober. <laughs> I'd say, what is he trying to do here? But uh, but anyway, they bring all those cars out and they run around the track. And man, they are rudimentary. I mean, watching them start them and 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 hearing them run and mm. watching, you know, there's no seat. I mean, it's, they're not very safe. No. Uh, but uh, but they're really cool. And and God bless him for continuing the perpetuation of that segment of the hobby because. That could long be forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that, for sure. they're hard. You know, they're temperamental. They're very difficult. There, there's all kinds of weird procedures that you have to do to start some of them with the magnetos mm-hmm. and this and that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right, and, right. And uh, you know, so I mean, it, they're not easy to maintain and own. Mm-hmm. And these guys, this crew of guys he has out there that drive them and run them. I don't know. They've done Laguna Seca. He mentioned before and all kinds of other stuff. But it's really, really cool. But anyway, Chattanooga, an amazing show. Best in show for the Concours on Sunday was the nineteen. 35 SS1 Airline Saloon, uh, and it was introduced in 1931 as a closed coupe, completely designed by William Lyons well before his glory days at Jaguar. He ended up uh, at Jaguar, and SS, you know, they had SSK Jaguars and mm-hmm. SSs, and then all those kind of molded together at some point in time, but this was really an interesting car, and it was not an open car, as a coupe. Um and it was apparently uh built to celebrate the 25th Silver Jubilee of King George V of England. And uh, it was exhaustively researched and restored over 25 years. Yeah. Mm. 
imagine spending 25 it's not every day every minute every whatever but yeah. imagine being focused on a project for 25 years <laughs> that's i can't imagine that's just uh, and god bless people that do that yeah. stuff because a lot of these cars will just be lost to attrition or mm-hmm. whatever so uh but anyway it was a beautiful car and an unusual choice for best in show and i say that not disparagingly i say that like i'm glad that it was something mm-hmm. that wasn't expected to you know win um and it's cool to see cars that are deserving that aren't a duesenberg or a ferrari or that win all these shows you know and that's what happens with these and and you know you know rightfully so i mean these ferraris and duesenbergs are amazing pieces of art and work and all that stuff. But, but it, it's nice to have a little break from that every once in a while and see something else win. So, and then also on, uh, Friday night, they had the B-52s in concert. Really? And they were great. And they were, and I was expecting, okay, Rock Lobster. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, I, I forget all they the had songs. Two songs. They, they had two songs. They had two big songs. Rock right? Lobster and, uh, I was, I was not into, to me, that was new age. Love Shack. Love Shack. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so they were great though. And they sounded great and the sound was perfect and they were out on the street and it was kind of like a free oh, concert cool. vibe. Wow. People had their kids out there and it was just a lot of fun. That's and great. It, it was, of course, How's it was the weather? sprinkling rain. Uh, yeah. Cause that's every <laughs> event we go to these days. Yeah. It's always sprinkling rain. But, uh, but yeah. And then of course they had, you know, the, the, the tours that you would tour around the countryside in that part of the world. And there's some great roads around, mm-hmm. uh, uh, southeast Tennessee and north. East uh, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, that are just fantastic driving roads. And then, of course, you got the tail of the dragon not far from there, right. either, which is in of its, its, its own self. And the automotive celebrities at Chattanooga are amazing. It's Chip Foose and Ray Evernham and Justin Bell and Wayne Carini and Bill Warner, who started the Amelia Island Concours and not people that maybe everybody would know, but if you're in the car world, you know, Corky Coker, who we talked about, Luigi Canetti Jr., whose father brought Ferrari into the United States, uh, Lynn St. James, famous female race driver, David Hobbs, uh, Bob Varsha, Jay Ward. I mean, it was, and a lot of these people are going to be on our show. Was Linda Vaughn there? Linda was there again. She was there? She and I are buds. That's We're cool. buds. I got her soup. Uh, so she was not feeling well. S- yeah, oh, no. I thought you were selling soup. I thought you said I got her. I got her soup. I got her soup. I know. I just my redneck Tennessee accent came out when I said that. I purchased some soup for her for consumption. Her. I got you. She was. Uh, I was going across the street. They they didn't have whatever she liked. She was kind of sick. She said, "Oh, honey, would you get me some soup over there?" Uh-huh. I got her some French onion soup. And, I only charge her like a three dollars charge. So. That was a discount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great, and she is so funny. Her her cousin and I have become fast friends, and he and I hold court at the bar at uh, the uh-huh. Weston Hotel down there <laughs> for three nights. And you know, the drive home on Sunday is tiresome at best. Right. Uh, but uh, Larry Cope, he's a great buddy of mine, and he's from uh, where her hometown is, which is Dalton, Georgia. And she's known as the first lady of motorsports, and uh, or Miss Hurst is Golden Shift. Is it in the notes? And I didn't. Even, I, I skipped ahead. <laughs> you must. I stepped on your line about the guests, though, where yeah, some of these people yeah. have been guests, and you yeah, say, some have been guests, and, and some, some are going to be guests. That's great. And, that uh, was always a running joke with Bob and Tom, and they right. uh, at, at the, the Indy Five Hundred. Right, exactly. And of course, Brian Redman, I had my picture made with him and Linda Vaughn. I'll have to show you this. Yeah. Um, and Brian Redman, uh, born in Lancashire, England, raced F1 for McLaren, Cooper, and Williams, had one podium in his career, but hey, I'd take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you said you could have one podium in F1 in all of your life, then absolutely. But he did well in sports car racing. He was in an accident in 77 
and broke his neck, fractured his shoulder and sternum, mm-hmm. bruised the brain. The ambulance on the way to the hospital blew a tire. Oh, my God. He was nine months in recovery. Wow. And then when he got out, he returned and he won the 12 hours of Sebring in 1978 and a Porsche 935. So that's my stories. That's my excuse for getting away for an hour. Thank you all for listening. ClassicAutomall.com. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast with your host, Stuart Howden, executive producer, Steve Safir, produced and engineered by yours truly, J.R. Russ. Thanks for listening and sharing the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, available on ClassicAutomall.com, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Music courtesy of the Pat Travers Band, produced by Car Smarts Media, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.